BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's frustrating because I called the ass elves and we just lost to some elves, so I'm pissed on my part. I'm not. I'm pissed on Aaron that and um, like I said, man, we got missed opportunities. We didn't capitalize on that shit and, and we lost. That's how we lost. Usually that gets blipped. Did I? Did I hear him dropping that ball? He did. That, that, he just said that. I mean, something like that, shit like that. Sorry, sorry, London. Jamal, I love Jamal. That's really good. The Browns mess around and find out. Come on, Browns, go ahead and put the F word in there. Come on, it's social media. You can have some fun with it. But the whole elf thing, like, Jamal, they just beat you. They didn't just beat you. They kicked the crap out of you 24-3. to Let the elf thing go. You play them again. Let the elf thing go. So that was as surprising to me as any of the outcome. But... It was less shocking, frankly, because we didn't know what to think of the Browns. Yeah. We didn't know what the Browns were going to do. We know there we was know, some we, talent. The Browns have been yeah. good against Joe Burrow. Yeah. But that was all the more reason to think the Bengals would be extra prepared to turn the tables. But the Browns were the biggest wild card. Deshaun Watson, the biggest wild card on the Browns. And, uh, oh, by the way, pretty good defense. Jim Schwartz. Yeah. Moving Miles Garrett back. all over the place. Well, good. Way to go, Jim Schwartz. That whole Cleveland is Cleveland stuff from yeah. Jamar Chase and the Elves thing. That got them riled up. Miles Garrett particularly upset about it, and he told me after the game, you know, it was disrespectful. And, number one, it makes it easier to get the guys excited and fired up in the locker room. He's right. a team leader. Right. When something like that is low-hanging fruit, yeah. you get your guys going. And he said, you want to say Cleveland is Cleveland, we want to make that into a great thing. Right. Where Cleveland is Cleveland. Yeah. It's not disparaging. It's not pejorative. It is positive. And they – Keep playing like they did yesterday. Cleveland is Cleveland. Yeah, well, yeah. Cleveland is Believeland right now. I'll believe in them a little for sure. I, this is what's crazy about the AFC. You know, I know neither one of us picked the Browns to go to the playoffs, but we talked about there's teams that are not going to be in the playoffs, or we didn't pick in the playoffs. Where you go, damn, they got a lot of playoff caliber things about their roster. We saw. I mean, Nick Chubb is still awesome, right? We saw him running. He's still one of the best running backs in football. That O line's damn good. It was a wet, sloppy day. So Watson in the past game, you know, it wasn't it wasn't great. But we know there's some weapons on the outside there. David and Joku at tight end. All right, they got Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson to go along with Miles Garrett on that D line. All right, those two corners when they're healthy, healthy Newsom and Denzel Ward, they're a handful there. So there's a lot of positives with Cleveland. Now Cleveland is one of those where you just a little bit like I can't pick them. I got to see it first to believe it before I go down that road. And yesterday was a little step in, in believing that. They really controlled the game, right, Mike? I mean, even when it was 0-0, if I remember correctly, the the Browns fumbled going into score or on the 20-yard line once, and you just felt like, man, like Cincinnati can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. 
And as the game wore on and wore on, it just went more and more into Cleveland's way. And Cincinnati never had an answer for, for really anything. We didn't really know what that offense was going to look like. And it was raining all game. Yeah. So maybe it'll open up a little bit more. But Nick Chubb was still Nick Chubb. They yeah. kept him around. People were like, oh, now that they have Deshaun Watson, all that money they're giving to him, they can't afford to have Nick Chubb. And somebody told me in the offseason, when the whole discussion about running back pay and why is Chubb still there at $12 million a year or whatever, he's a great leader. They they love he's him. He's a great for the team guy. He does exactly beyond right. what he does. Right. He still had 106 rushing yards yesterday. Deshaun Watson only had 154 passing yards. He added 45. He had on some the good runs. He did. And, yeah. You know we're starting to see glimpses of the Deshaun Watson that we we knew and loved when he was in Houston before all the stuff happened that changed the public perception of Deshaun Watson. But he looked pretty good yesterday. Did enough. If the defense is only going to give up three points. Mm-hmm. There isn't a whole lot Deshaun Watson needs to do. That's the other side of this. You don't need to pay the quarterback $46 million a year if your defense is going to suffocate the way they suffocated Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati offense. Hey, they got a good, they got a good team there. Uh, they've, they've, they've built it and, and done some good things, and now it's going to be up to Stefanski to get Watson to turn the corner and get back, like you said, to the guy he was there. But – yeah, Chubb, I mean, gosh, some of the runs he made, running over people, making people miss, bounces off tackles. And, you know, ultimately, listen, I think it was kind of funny. One of the themes of yesterday was all the quarterbacks who got paid in the offseason didn't do very good. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. There's four right there in the 50 million category. There you go, eh? Damn, we've had we've seen better, right? Now I know they're gonna it's the first game of the year and all that. And Lamar that. Jackson too, even though Lamar, it was twenty two nine yeah. every time I'd look up at that it game, it's like, what's up with the Baltimore offense? Yeah, they never gotta go. Maybe the Texans are maybe the Texans are just really, really bad to still lose that badly when it felt like the Baltimore offense is a work in progress. But you're right, Joe Burrow just gets the richest contract in NFL history at fifty five million a year, and he has a career low eighty two yards passing. Nothing. Eighty two. Nothing. Now you're like how, I'm Again, we're going to another week one here where we go, man, Cincinnati's offensive line didn't look great, which is disappointing because they've you know spent a lot of money and resources on that in recent years, right? Getting Orlando Brown. So that was, you know, that, that stunk for them in a week one performance. Burrow was, he did not have a lot of time. He had people around him a lot. They looked like they really covered him on the back end really well. And you've heard me say this about Cincinnati before. Cincinnati's offense is not overly creative. Cincinnati just executes. They know what they want to do. And they're another, like you heard me talk about this a little before, they're another team that, you know, they started off slow last year. They kind of started off slow the year before because I think they're one of those teams where Zach Taylor's better once he starts to see you. And then he can, oh, wait, they do this and they do that. And now I can program my robot, Joe Burrow. And even though we're not overly creative, when we know what defense you're going to be in, we're going to get into the right plays against that defense because I program my quarterback to do that, and he'll get to the line of scrimmage and check. And so it might not be like, whoa, this is amazing. Look at this movement and these crazy formations, and that's an unbelievable design play. But that's where they get you. They run the right play against the right coverage. Going against Jim Schwartz, like you said, you know, throwing out some new wrinkles, probably not sure what to expect, but they couldn't do anything. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't get the pass game going. And the wet ball certainly seemed to affect Joe Burrow as well, where he, he didn't have control, and we saw Watson lose control a few times too. And at one point too, as we're watching all the games and we get the great new TV set up, I thought we were going to be in a new room. Squeaky wheel gets oiled, baby. Great new TV set up. Squeaky wheel. And, you know, why don't you start squeaking about it? Couldn't we be I, – I got nothing against this What do you room. want to squeak against? I, no, I'm just oh. saying. We've been in this I room I can squeak with you. Let's get, shouldn't, don't you think we've we've elevated to the point where we should be in a better studio? Well, Not that there's anything wrong with this studio, <laughs> but don't you think we should be in a better spot than this room? Well, this uh, is the oh-by-the-way there, room. There's better studios in this yeah. building, that's yeah. for sure. Why don't we just go use Barry's studio? You think you'd have a problem with that? I think he would. <laughs> that's oh, well, his studio. You just too called bad. him Barry's studio. <laughs> too bad. He's a diva. He's a fantasy <laughs> diva. He's going to be um, like, I don't want four there's years. There's got to be. There's got to be. they're always building something new. There's some cool sets this in this building. This is the original. We've been in this building 10 years, right. and we've been doing this show out of this, oh, by the way, down the hall, around the corner. the corner. Nobody even knows where it is. Where the hell is PCR6? <laughs> 
I'd like to think we've gotten to the point where so maybe we need to start squeaking on that. Okay, because apparently the squeaking works. Yeah, I, 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 it worked a little. Let's see. I, I don't want to squeak so much that I get my ass fired. Okay, so it's, it's a fine. Well, that's why I there. want you to do the squeaking. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very good at sacrificial lamb. Yeah, thanks. Up thanks. to being the squeaker. <laughs> All right, uh, it was a squeaker for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, seven lead changes Woo. in that Chargers game, thirty-six, thirty-four. And I, when I was a kid. And you didn't get access to all the games. You didn't yeah. have NFL Plus where you could watch the full replays, which I don't know, a gratuitous ad for NFL Plus, but I love being able to go back and watch the full games. Yeah. But when I was a kid, there was always the game of the week from NFL Films. They would take the best game of the week, they would condense it to a half-hour show, and it was Harry Callis or John Facenda that would narrate. Yeah. And it was always which game. That was always my – the next morning, open up the newspaper right. with my bowl of Frosted Flakes, open up the newspaper, and look, okay, which game is going to be the game of the week? Because I always hoped it would be the Vikings game. Oh, yeah. Because right. it was always the – unless they lost. But it was always <laughs> the most exciting 31-30, right. 34-31, back and forth. And this is tailor-made. This would be the NFL Films, Harry Callis, John Facenda, game of the week. Unbelievable. This is the one I can't wait to watch. We were talking about that earlier. The the Dolphins pull off the win. Shades of Kellen Winslow with the, you know, exhausted, the overtime game, the classic playoff game from when you were in diapers. And I kind of felt it coming. We were talking about last yeah. week. We felt it coming yeah. and it came. It came. You know, we, we last year, right, we kind of hit on our podcast when we had to pick the game. And we, you know, Brandon Staley and the Chargers. They caught the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football with a good game plan, and the Dolphins didn't have a lot of answers for it. One of the reasons I picked the Dolphins to win the football game because I just said, that ain't going to happen again with Mike McDaniel as the head coach. He's going to have answers for that little wrinkle that Brandon Staley did in that matchup the first time around. He's going to have more answers, let alone it looked like the offense, you know, maybe has even expanded in year two under Tua. The, I, this game was amazing. The Dolphins are one of the fastest teams I've ever seen. I, I really say that, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. It, they rival anybody. It, it is unbelievable to watch them, what they do, the formation usage, the motions, the shifts, um, the creative ways in which they do it, and then you couple that with Jalen Waddell and, of course, Tyree Kill, who's, other than Deion Sanders, maybe the fastest guy I've ever seen on a football field. You know, Then you know Raheem Mostert out of the backfield. And it's, you know, Ikunama, who's a good player. And it's just one guy after another. But, you know, these are, we're watching right here, if you're seeing on TV, just great throw at the end of the football game on the move by Tua and the bomb to Tyree Kill. And then pinpoint, little fade to the back end zone there uh, to Tyree Kill. But they, they, they scored 34 points and fumbled a snap on the five-yard line. He threw a horrible interception in the end zone, Tua. And they had another time where they were on the four-yard line and settled for a field goal. So it just tells you how they were moving the ball up and down the field all game long. Tua missed some throws. We saw it where, again, Tua played awesome. I'm not trying to be negative here, but I'm just saying this is how good they are. They miss like a 40-yard wide-open throw, and then the next play you're just like, whoa, there's another guy for 40 yards. Bam, it doesn't matter. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's rivaling like the greatest show on turf and how they look and, and run on the football field. 466 passing yards for Tua, the most passing yards ever allowed by the Chargers uh, in their history. And it was just incredible. Everything about it, 536 total yards from the Miami offense, 215 receiving yards from Tyreek Hill, and no sacks of Tua, even though Teron Armstead was out. And there were some stats that I saw on social media about Tua's performance and ability to stay healthy when Teron Armstead is out versus when he's in, but he was out and still wasn't sacked. Here's Mike McDaniel, coach of the Dolphins from after the game, talking about that Tua-Tyreek Hill connection that we saw. That's an off-season um, of, you know, more than just two guys, but those two guys are a great example of not um, focusing on anything but their craft. There's a lot of noise that can occur, um, a lot of statements that can ma be made, um, you know, the National Football League, and those are two guys that really worried about the right stuff. So um, that's the ultimate um, hope as a coach is that, you know, all that time invested and uh, 
you know, those high standards that you're holding yourself to, um, that that's rewarded. And I think today, uh, it definitely was, they were on, they were on the same page for sure. One of the things I love to do because it is ridiculous to do it, you start calculating pace based upon statistical achievements week one because they're never going to keep up with what they did week one. But Tua Tagovailoa, well, not Tua, but Tyreek wants 2,000 yards this year. He's already more than 10% of the way there in one game with 16 for to go. 2 Yeah, yeah. And he's on pace for 36.55. And it's, it's never going to happen, but just – that puts in perspective how ridiculous the performance is. Look at this. I mean, he's always, he's beating well, this guy by six yards. And apparently they single-covered him. And, and A lot. not everyone is going to do that. Bill Belichick and the Patriots next Sunday night on NBC surely won't. But what's that going to do for the rest of the offense? If all of a sudden you're devoting extra resources to Tyreek, Jalen Waddle's going to have 215 yards. Uh, Tua's going to go in the game, and the, Tua played great. And we're all going to look at it great. He's going to watch the film today, though, and go, I should have broke the NFL passing record. He's going to look at it, right? And and, and Tyreek Hill's going to go, I should have broke the receiving record. Uh, because, there, like I said, there was probably three to four downfield pass plays where you go, that's another 100, 150 yards that they didn't connect on. And, but that's how dangerous they are. I mean, yes, on the same page. You know, Tua moved well, right? Made a lot of appropriate throws that way. And, like, you brought up Brandon Staley. That, that was disappointing. You know, the Chargers got too much talent to be looking like that. They got it's too much talent. Something. It's just, you know, the one thing I'll say, okay, they don't have big people in the middle of their defense. They are made to match up with a team like the Miami Dolphins. They got two pass rushers that are unbelievable on the edge. They got two middle linebackers and Kendrick and Murray that are good athletes. The secondary, it's J.C. Jackson, it's Asante Samuel, it's Derwin James. I mean, they're talented back there. This shouldn't have looked like they were, you know, playing the B team of the Chargers on the defense there. That's what's disappointing. And you have a defensive head coach, right? And you're right, it didn't look like adjustments were ever made on the Tyreek Hill situation. Every time I looked up, I went, wait, damn, is they're, they're single covering them again? Like, who, who do they think they're going with here? This is the guy that's you know, the fastest human we've seen in football over the last 20 years. So that, that was surprising. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the other a- aspect of it that I think was surprising to me for the football game and maybe a silver lining for the Chargers, how about the Chargers running for, for what was it, 234 yards on offense? Wow. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. Maybe that's something they bring to the table this year. But nonetheless, they lose and lose in a way where you go, damn, what are the Chargers going to be this year? When you pay all that money to your quarterback, too, it is weird. It is weird. And, and they resisted right. paying Austin Eckler and you know, it allowed him to seek a trade and he couldn't find anybody to pay him. But you just assumed it would be pass game, pass game, pass game. But you know, ultimately for the Dolphins, too. They're going to be scoring a lot of points, but that defense under Vic Fangio needs to step up and make plays at certain times. Yeah. And, you know, Mike Tomlin was talking earlier about that. There are critical downs where you got to win those yeah, downs. Yeah, right, right. So game on the line, Chargers with the ball, Fangio's defense, two sacks of Justin Herbert. Got it done. It's understanding that moment, the importance of making a play, and that Miami defense doesn't have to be like the killer bees of the 80s. Right. They don't have to be great, but – they just have to be ready to make a play when it's time to slam the door. Right. Get a turnover for the team. Make the big sack. I, and they're going to get better. They're getting used to the Vic Fangio scheme. And, you know, it, when I go back and watch this, I'm going to bet that they, you know, they put all their eggs in late. Let's stop. This team hasn't run the ball. They're not a running team. So I'm sure the pass, the, the defensive game plan was a little skewed to pass defense that way. Uh, but, yeah, the Chargers O-line's good, like we saw there. Uh, but, but yeah, we were expecting, I think, with Kellen Moore as the new OC, you know, drafting Quentin Johnson in the first round out of TCU at receiver. Yeah, I was expecting to see Herbert light up the sky a little bit, too, in the passing game. But really, the story of the game was Tua, Tyree Kill, the, the fastest mofos you've ever seen on offense running around the football field with one of the coolest designed offenses. And like you talked about with Teron Armstead not being in the game, and the O-line is still a question mark. Well, what do they do? They run the ball a little just to keep you honest on that. But then there's so much movement and things you have to respect, right, that nobody can tee off. How many times in the game do you see a guy flying across like the speed sweep and then he fakes the ball to the running back? So think if you're a defensive lineman, you're going, oh, wait, he's going to 
give him the speed sweep. Oh, no, wait, he's gonna, we're either going to run the ball. Oh, wait, now i got a pass rush. And that's where McDaniel's really smart is that he does things schematically to slow down the pass rush when he knows like his O-line might not be you know, the greatest matchup in the world against another defensive line. And the Dolphins suddenly become one of those teams where whenever they're on, make your plans, stop what you're doing. They're must make watch. Make sure you can watch them. And programming note again, Sunday night, it's Dolphins at Patriots on NBC. Plus, there's another Sunday night game looming week seven at the Eagles Ooh, on NBC. Whoa. And then week nine, the folks in Germany had better be ready for what they're getting when it's Dolphins and Chiefs. Seriously. On November 5, 9.30 a.m., our time, middle of the day, German time, huge game. When you see what the Dolphins did yesterday and what they're likely going to do, and this is one where, look, week one, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time wallowing in what we've been wrong about, but we are going to embrace the stuff we were right about. We both thought the Dolphins were really going to show up this year, and the only question is can they keep their key players oh, healthy? That's right. That's, the, that's, that, right. that's it. If they can keep their key players healthy, yeah. they're going to be there at the end. There's going to be some epic playoff games. They're going to be gaining a lot of yards, scoring a lot of points, and they're going to be fun to watch. Yes, they are. They're, 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 and, you know, there's no Jalen Ramsey, right? As long as they keep the injuries down, like you said, to a healthy – uh, I, I expect not only the Dolphins to most likely win the AFC East in a very tough division, but yeah, be one of the best teams in the AFC. And that team that, you know, it's going to take a special defense of game plan and a special defensive personnel set to slow down that offense. And they got answers for everything. And McDaniel is the closest thing I've seen to Shanahan yet with what he does on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, of course, he's got some toys to play with there as well. You know, going into the season, we knew the AFC was going to be ridiculously competitive, but that the top three teams were Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, not in that order. Well, so far, Kansas City 0-1, Cincinnati 0-1, and Buffalo maybe 0-1 after tonight. So things are shaking up, and that's fun. You like to see it. It's going to make for an exciting season. The Dolphins are going to make things very exciting as well. We're going to take a break. When we return, my good mood may come to an end because I'm not prepared for the superlative segment. But I will prepare during our break to hand out some superlatives from week one. We'll do that next here on this Monday edition of PFT Live. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This was posted the other night by the Pro Football Journal Twitter account. <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of top button buttoners, Chris Sims, right up there with Sling Blade, Forrest Gump, and Andy Dufresne. We talked earlier about two right Shawshank there. references in one show. Wow. That was before he crawled through 500 yards of the foul-smelling stuff you could imagine. And here, my son... You are like my son's A number one hero now because when I sent that to him the other night, yeah. he immediately said, do not tweet that. Do not tweet that. Don't make Chris look bad. It's like it doesn't make him look bad. Thanks, Alex. But he's just defending you. Thank he's you. Just, he's on the lookout. Thanks, Alex. He's my I guess, man, Alex. I guess, he, you know, the connotation with Sling Blade. Yeah, I, I guess. It, I mean, him and Forrest Gump. I don't know. I mean, Forrest Gump was a billionaire, so I don't know. But It, you know. it, is, it is a little bit of a contrast, though, because Andy Dufresne was a genius. The right. other two not quite uh, there. but uh, yeah, I'm I Probably somewhere in between there. I 
am. I definitely have better style than them. That's for sure. Now, but now I like we the top may, button I, swag. I, you know, if they ever carve another president on Mount Rushmore, as a certain former president would like for them to do, right. they would have to add potentially Aaron Rodgers to the top button swag because from Hard Knocks, which I watched on Saturday, yes, they went to a Broadway show and Aaron Rodgers top button swag. Top button buttoned at the Broadway show. It's a lot, like I, the only thing I want to get on that graphic there for with, with making fun of me is that it's like, I mean, Mahomes goes top button swag all the time. Travis Kelsey goes top button swag all the time. I see players all over. I'm watching college you know, football, there's Tim Tebow going top button swag. There's a lot of people out there doing top well, button swag. But here's the difference. Yeah. They do it sometimes. Yeah. I <laughs> they always don't do, do it, it all the time. You do it today. <laughs> you do it, you know, you're, you, you're having a catch with Patrick Mahomes, and that was a great interview. And you're out there with your, your and I mean, all these people are texting me, tell Sims his shirts are too tight. It's like, what? Oh, okay, hey, Chris, your shirts are too tight. There, I'm telling you, I don't want him to say his shirt's too tight. It's Ugh. not like he's got a beer belly sticking through. He's, you know, you're wearing a tight shirt. You're a big guy. And, yeah, and it's hot as hell in there. You can find it's, it's shirts a... that fit you when you're Gosh, that big. Damn. But everything you wear, you do that. I do that right button. there. I mean, That's right. The damn, does that shirt not fit me? Am I wrong? Like, is that that skin tight? Pets, man, you, you, you got a little sweating. Oh, problem. well, it was, it was the middle of the summer <laughs> inside a damn barn, <laughs> basically. Uh, you look good, yeah, man. Look at you. Clean cut over there. I always thought when you first did it, I thought you had some sort of a neck tattoo or something you were trying to conceal. No, I, I honestly, you know what got me is I, as I was a younger kid, I used to dabble in a little bit because I was a little conscious of like my neck is long. So this just made it look better. And then as I got older, I had some shirts with collars that were kind of floppy. And I was like, man, I just don't weigh the way it looks when it's all floppy. So I started to button it. And then I was like, you know what? I like the way this looks. I'm going to keep rocking this. And I just never looked back. This is the equivalent of the guy that, that like had a jacket in high school that he liked and he never quit wearing it or the hairdo from high school that worked and he never, that, that worked for you early and you're never giving yeah, it up. But I went point, away, but I came it's back too late. Yeah. It's too late to give up the top button swag. All right. Superlatives time. What do you got? I got, I can't I'm, I'm going to say it's bothering you a little bit. Uh, I, I'm going to go to the, um, my, my first superlative is I am not entertained. Okay. The old gladiator saying, and I'm going to the Baltimore Ravens offense there, right? I was so excited to see Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson, the Todd Munkin look Odell Beckham jr. I know Mark Andrews didn't play. Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and I was thinking, man, this is going to be, you know, cool. They're going to break out a, a different look in Baltimore. And really, when it came down to it, the passing game was not all that impressive. Again, I think we saw some teams yesterday that didn't play in the preseason where you go, those, you need some reps in the preseason. You can't just think you're going to come out when the, you know, the live bullets are flying and you're going to be on your A game. And, yeah, the Baltimore offense certainly did not look like it was hitting on all cylinders in that football game. In fact, I thought really the only – there was nobody bad. They had some injuries that are concerning on the O-line. Linderbaum, Ron Stanley already, like that. that's worrisome. But the, the bright spot was Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers was like the go-to guy, and, man, is he impressive moving and running around and doing all that. But, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, even though they got the win, it was through the defense and just not that exciting on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and look, maybe it'll get better. As I said last week, First games when, are did, hard. when did Todd Munkin become Bill Walsh? Yeah, like, Why do they think the guy that got fired by the Browns and was in at Georgia for the last three years all of a sudden is going to come in and change everything? And I sense some um, – there was one play in particular. It worked out for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson was running to the right and threw it all the way across the field. All the way, way across the and field. And I feel like – he will, he wanted to run the ball, and that was him saying, I can't run. I just got to throw it to somebody because he could have kept running. Right. And that was one of the questions I had. Will they stick with a pass-based offense when they know that they have Lamar Jackson who can run the ball? And now that now that J.K. Dobbins is out Ooh, for the year. I know. that's That hurts. Will we see more Lamar running, or will they just go next man up with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards? I don't know. Zay Flowers had a couple of rushing attempts yesterday, yeah, right. so maybe we'll see more of him. That was a point Matthew Berry made last night. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, hey, they. it felt like they were sluggish. It felt like a work in progress, and they still had a double-digit win. They still covered the spread 
and saved our best bets, I think. I think we both were one and two. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was two and one. Oh, you were two. You were one and two. Shit. <laughs> Oops. Did I say that out loud? All right. Uh, my, my first one is the This Is Why We Keep Drafting Quarterbacks Every Year Award. Wow. For the Tennessee Titans. Wow. Last year it was Malik Willis. Right. This year it's Will Lovis. Willis, by the way, ends up being the number two guy, beating out Levis. Willis was the, the game day number two. But Ryan Tannehill, I, they would have won that game yesterday. Certainly. And I thought they were going to win that game. Yeah. You and I both picked them to win by the yeah. exact same score. We thought this was going to be this kind of game where they would pull it out. But you can't have you can't have just the throw-it-up-for-grabs moments. You just can't have it. It's not sustainable, and it's just a matter of time before either Willis or Levis is going to be playing. Just like, remember when they brought in Tannehill when Mariota was the starter? You said, yeah. at some point, Mariota's getting benched and it's going to be Tannehill. I feel like after yesterday, this is going to gall Mike Vrabel. And at some point, they're going to realize, we can win these games. We just can't have the quarterback throwing it up for grabs like that. Because in a close game, that is the thing that's going to kill us. Yeah, well, yeah, they're a team... The, the, the game has to be played a certain way. They're not going to blow people out with an explosive offense. They're going to play through their defense. They're going to hope to run the ball and chew up the clock. And then they want, when we've seen Tannehill at his best, he executes. He throws a lot of great intermediate throws, maybe scrambles for a first down every now and then. And they're tough to beat when they follow that formula. Three interceptions that remind me of that playoff loss to the Bengals. Remember that hovering no doubt. over him all offseason long as it as – it, reasonably would that that's an issue for the titans and i don't i don't think he lasts long as the starter if he keeps this up three interceptions they had a block punt and they got down inside what the 10 a few times and had to settle for field goals they couldn't score touchdowns it was a field goal fest and they got there. screwed out of a defensive touchdown and by that horrible call worst of call the of the day Derek Carr. not only a bad call they doubled down on the call. I think they doubled down because they, they knew, knew they, they messed up a touchdown. A, they knew they t- a touchdown's coming off the board. So so you don't get to that point if they say, oh, it wasn't a fumble in well, the then first why place. Did you, I agreed. First I off, think that's exactly what happened. First off, like we always talk about, hey. You Howie know, Roseman would put you in the top five for saying that of conspiracy theorists. But that was the first thing I thought yesterday when I'm trying to process why did they not turn that into a fumble? Because if they did make it a fumble, they blew the call. They blew the call. It was a touchdown yeah. for the Titans. Yeah. That was a, a huge part in the game. The, t- the Saints ended up getting a field goal. But, the, but the, 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 that bothered me yesterday. It did. Because, first off, I always think about you, the 50 drunks in a bar. First off, we weren't drunk, but we were 50 idiots in a control room watching the game. And nobody didn't think it was a fumble. Everybody there. I mean, you know, a three-time Super Bowl champion safety, uh, 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 a quarterback who won Super Bowls and was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, all of us who've watched football, Freddie Goodelli, a great producer, our producer, Matt Casey. I mean, all of us, everybody. Anybody I text to, everybody was like, what? That was a fumble. How did they not call that? The ball was out of his hand, and he pushed he it pushed forward. He pushed it forward. It, wasn't, it was not in his hand. No. It was empty-handed. Just Well, it wasn't empty hand, but the ball was out of his hand. It was not any it. control of the, the ball in his hand. He pushed it forward. The Titans picked it up, and we're going to run for a touchdown. They blew the whistle dead, which they shouldn't have. It's the first rule of officiating. Let, Let the F and play play Let out. So they broke that. But instead of giving the Titans the ball, you're exactly right. This is this ain't a conspiracy. This is exactly what they did. They decided to not call it a fumble so we couldn't talk about why did you take away a touchdown Bad that. rule, bad right. rule. Take, I mean, yeah. double why, down on why the, the first mistake. blow the whistle? Right. Why, or whoever blew the whistle. They shouldn't have blown the whistle. They should have let the play finish. But I think you're right. And if that would have happened, Chris, if they hadn't blown the whistle and the ball would have been returned for a touchdown, they would have reviewed it and they would have upheld it because there wouldn't have been clear and obvious evidence to say it wasn't a fumble. I think we had 6-3 Titans lead at that point. That would have made it 13-3. Yeah. to three. Changes everything. Really would have made Changes it tight. Everything. No doubt about it. I want to say one more thing with the Titans. I don't – this is what I worry about. You know, they got to play that style of football. Tannehill obviously has to play better. I mean, 16 for 34. But as we showed in that clip there, and as you'll see in it, nobody can get open. They have an issue. There's a reason nobody wanted to pay DeAndre Hopkins money. He's not a number one line him outside and he'll beat man-to-man coverage. Marshawn Lattimore locked him down, okay? So they didn't need to worry about that. And then, of course, their first-round pick, Traylon Burks, from two drafts ago, he hasn't shown up yet as the replacement for A.J. Brown. 
So they got issues there, and I think this will continue to be an issue. I just don't see how this passing game is going to take off with some of the weapons they have there. Tannehill's going to have to play better, really take care of the ball. Their D was encouraging. It was a little feast or famine, and I do want to give Derek Carr some credit for some real big plays and some big moments in the past game he that was helped him win. He was a lot. He was. They were around him a lot, and uh, they couldn't get a run game going. He got harassed, but yeah, in, in the biggest moments, he made some big time throws. All right, what do you got? Okay, I forgot my other one. Hold on, I got to get right. to it. Oh, yeah, the Up Yours Award. Up yours, up everybody. Your butt, Joe up yours, Sims. Up yours, Florio. Up yours, all NFL fans by the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, who saw that? Up coming? yours, Pete Carroll. Up yours, Pete Carroll. <laughs> right, Sean. Mc- the one thing you you know we've talked about it before. One thing I respect about McVay. I mean, in his coaching career. His team always competes and plays like a bunch of psychos, which is what he is too. So they're they're, they're you know a mirror of him, um, but yeah, to go up there in Seattle with Seattle with all this new talent and bravado and all of that, they obviously had a chip on their shoulder, and I just can't stress to everybody out there how good Matthew Stafford played. Matthew Stafford's throwing to people that I know, like my aunt Wendy's never heard of. Pua Nakua, right? Okay. Tutu Adwell, most normal fans that are just following the league casually, they don't know who these people are. Look at that throw. That's insanity in the membranity. I mean, that's no problem. There's just a guy all over that guy. I'll just drop it in there perfectly sidearm with a guy in my face. Stafford played awesome, and they – it was shocking. Even though they were down 13-7, to at, at, they were moving the ball all day long. They missed a field goal. They had a field goal blocked at one point. Um, but that was a big-time win. I want to give Stafford a lot of credit, McVay credit. And then they got 20 rookies on their roster, and a lot of them are a defense. Raheem Morris, the defense, a game plan. I mean, Seattle never settled in and got really going on that side of the ball. The table is set for them to be decent this year because everybody expects them to be so bad. Thought they might be the worst and team they, in, well, well, yeah. other than the Cardinals. The Cardinals, right. But, but they come out and they do that to Seattle. In Seattle to start the season, that's a statement, and that gets us to really – wonder about the Seahawks and really wonder about what the Rams may have. Maybe they're going to rebound after that horrible drop last year. Maybe they're going to come back. They're going to compete. Cooper I know Cup that. is on IR. Yeah. It just had a, it had a bad feel to it. The key is going to be keep Matthew Stafford healthy. It is. Because when he's healthy, he can play well. Yeah, he can but keep him in any game It's a matter of time almost. before he gets a little banged up. And yeah. We don't know he's banged up, and then he starts losing some of that, and the right. next thing you know, it potentially falls apart. We'll see. All right, this is the Arno. There are no – let me try that again. Easy for him to say. There are no moral victories award. That's what one of the Patriots players said after yesterday's game. They could have won. They're down six. I, I respect the fact – that they fought their way back into it. Yeah. They're down 16 nothing, and it could have gone like it did for the Giants. It could have gone like it did for the Steelers. But Bill Belichick and company willed that team back into it, and they could have had it. They could have taken down the Eagles. That would have been maybe one of our lead items today. If the Patriots had found a way on Tom Brady Day, and they got the new tradition With a Tom the Brady bell. comeback-ish. Yeah. And, yeah, and beat the Eagles. Good Lord. They, they could have done it, and they fell short. I feel better about the Patriots than I did, but again, they still lost the game. The Eagles got out of there with the win, and I, I don't know what to make of the Patriots, but after yesterday, it, it, it kind of fits with what we've said. Even though you look at the roster and say it may not be there, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien are going to find still a way good to catch get something it. They're out good coaches. It. That's right. That, 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 that's the right way to say it. We still need to look and see the Patriots with another weapon on offense and some other guys there, right? Devontae they Parker the run was game hurt. Going. They got pushed away from the run game. They did. They, they don't want to play a 54 passes by Mac Jones. 29 yards game. for Ezekiel Elliott and 25 for Ramondre yeah. Stevenson. And, then, of course, they had their starting guards both out, right? So that was an issue. Their offensive line is a little bit in shambles. Hopefully that gets better. Mac Jones did look good, right? You know, and, and and really, hey, you take away the two early turnovers, from that point on, the Patriots outplayed the Philadelphia Eagles. They did. I mean, pouring rain, Mac Jones throws a, a bad ball to the slot receiver on the right. It's a little too high. Interception, pick six. The next drive, they get the ball back. Ezekiel Elliott, fumble, short field, touchdown by the Eagles. And the, the Patriots were just breaking into the game, and they were down 16 nothing. But after that, I think you've got to be encouraged with the way Mac Jones looks, certainly. And then the defense. I mean, th- that 
that's an all-star offense. That's a Miami Dolphins-ish type offense we're talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles. First drive, they ran the ball pretty well. And then after that, we kind of talked about it on a podcast. The Patriots, they got some big people up front. Yep. So they were not overwhelmed or pushed around by that Eagles O-line. And, of course, they have a pretty good secondary in the back end. So they weren't outmatched by Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And they had a good game plan to go along with that. But, yeah, they had their chances. And they were a, a toe-tap away from continuing that game and, what, being on the eight-yard line with about 50, 45 seconds left and having a first down. Uh, Jalen Hurts never really got going. He was kind of harassed through the day in the pass game and then, of course, had the big fumble you know, at the end of the football game that made things very dicey. Got hit hard, too. It wasn't like yeah. in the Super Bowl where he just dropped the ball. He got hit and that yeah, ball came out. Yeah, right on out. the ball. All right, let's take a break. How did the rookie quarterbacks do in their NFL debuts? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Shotgun formation against the four-man front. Dropping, looking, Trevor, still looking, still looking. Now scrambles to his left, still looking downfield. Now fires toward the end zone, back in the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! Calvin Ridley, his first score as a Jaguar! Great moment for Calvin Ridley after the suspension, back in the NFL, broken play, knew where to be. Trevor Lawrence rolls left. Those are the great quarterbacks in the NFL, the ones who can make something happen when the play that's called is not there, and Calvin Ridley was there to make the catch. He had over 100 receiving yards. Great debut by Ridley in the Jaguars win over the Colts, but, you know, the story is, ultimately, yeah. I don't want to give short shrift to what the Jaguars did. They were expected to win that game. Sure. And it was close for a while. It was. And it looked a like crazy the, game. Really. And it looked like the Colts were going to win when yeah. Trevor Lawrence gets hit and the ball comes out. DeForest Buckner picks it up and scores a touchdown. The Colts take the lead. Running like, back oh sitting there gosh. with the ball in his hand. He doesn't realize it's a fumble, right? And they knock it out of his hand. Yeah. And then they, Is that what it was? Running back dropped it? He yeah, thought yeah. it was like the forward pass. Like oh, he, oh, So yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. like the Derek yeah. Carr play. Yeah. And then he just stood there thinking, oh, that was an incomplete pass. The play was over, but it was a live ball yeah. and somebody knocked it up. And then they ran it back for a touchdown. But it was some crazy plays like that. Here we go. Watch. See? He gets hit. Now watch Bigsby. Yeah, he thought it was done. He said the play's done. And the Colts are like, no. And then a lot of the Colts didn't. Coaching point. Coaching point. Play Any young player out there at any level of the sport, if the ball is anywhere in your vicinity, grab it. No matter what's going on, get the ball. If the ball is there, get it. Just in case it was a fumble. Don't assume it was an incomplete pass. If the ball's there, Grab the ball. Yeah, that, that's right. But this was, this was a crazy game. I mean, uh, Lawrence throws an interception that should have been caught by his own guy. That happens. We had all these fourth and one stoppages, right? You had that strip sack fumble right there. Uh, you know, there was, uh, what was it, another fourth and one stop by the Colts late in the game, and you went, oh, man, I mean, the Colts are here, and they're, I think at that time, were up 21-17, and they had the ball in good field position. They punt the ball. And remember, Agnew had the big punt return. That was the play of the game where you went, man, the Jags seemed like the better team, but they had made some big mistakes. And that kind of swang the momentum back in their favor, and they never looked back. Swang? But swang. We swang with it, baby. Right. That's my Texas twang when we swang, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Is it swang? Is it swung? I don't know. I, it's probably swung, but me, I went with swang. Me. Don't listen to me. What are you, you going to actually like, try to justify me? I don't know, because every, every once in a while, you, you let one fly that's <laughs> right. So right. Now, I'm, now I'm second-guessing <laughs> myself. But, yeah. I, the, the final score didn't surprise me, but how we got there did. Agreed. Agreed. And and I think the point of why we want to talk about this is Anthony Richardson looked good. Like, he's got – it wasn't perfect. He missed a few throws and did some things, certainly, through the interception late in the game. But, uh, you know, from a 6-for-18 performance in week three of the preseason, to go out in the regular season and show pretty control, pretty good control of the football – Really didn't make too many dicey decisions. We saw the athletic ability and him be able to run and drive a pile. I mean, there's a lot of things to be happy about. And if he could play like that, we know that Colts D, they're, they're not bad. That They're going to be a pain in the butt. Um, but that was a good character win for the Jaguars. Jaguars on the road. Some bad things happened. They didn't let them get too down or affect them. They battled back. And their stars showed up. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, ATN, and then... You know, we're watching Michael Pittman Jr. there I mean, on a little the, screen these pass. Richardson highlights. I know. I mean, he's got it. He's got it. You know, I, 
we, we were praising Richardson. Remember in the preseason, he had that that throw that got intercepted by the, the Bills. Bills. Yeah. And he was falling backward, and he zipped it sidearm. And I people give me a hard time. Oh, it was still an interception. Yeah, but you can see something. Just looking for what it is, and you can just see in those plays that we saw. There's something there. Even though they lost, they need to feel good about what they have in Anthony Richardson. Now there was a scare late in the game. I thought he had like a concussion. They said he's got a bone bruise in his knee. Yeah, he was running toward the end zone, right? Right. And Gardner Mitchell fell on his knee or a leg. So yeah. uh, Shane Steichen said he'll be fine, but it's just one of those we keep an eye on. Bone bruise, sometimes it starts as a bone bruise and it becomes something else, but that's part of the pounding he's going to take as uh, he gets used the way they're using him. Shane Steichen last year drew up that offense in Philly where Jalen Hurts ran it a lot, and this guy's bigger, faster, and stronger. We're going to see plenty of Anthony Richardson doing what he just did Just think what they would have looked like and if they had Jonathan Taylor out us, there. They just would have showed us those clips – yeah, I would have thought they won the game. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, it's, it's, it, it was really a, a fun game to watch. It was a lot of back and forth and craziness. I mean, even the, 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 the strip sack fumble we saw there for the touchdown by the Colts. The play before that, the Jags stopped the Colts on a fourth and one. I mean, there were just so many moments like that in the game where it was like, oh, big moment. Oh my gosh, this happened. Now the other team has momentum. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of big time plays there, but the, the Jaguars are, are really a, a pretty damn talented football team. We know that. And, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he looks really, really good. And I, I think the biggest thing with them going forward is their O-line without Jawan Taylor, Cam Robinson, not being there. Scherf got a little banged up yeah, yesterday. Came back. Yeah. Didn't, didn't look good. That's at first, something to one, one to look at just as we go forward a little bit. All right. Uh, Falcons beat the Panthers 24 to 10. Yeah. Bryce Young, what what was your big takeaway from his debut as the Panthers rookie quarterback? It was solid. You know, there there was you know, some some first off, like some missed opportunities with some big throws down the field. All right, but all in all, like Bryce Young's slick. You know, he he showed he belongs and that like the game and in, in, in the NFL is not too big for him, despite him being a smaller quarterback. I think that's the thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, he had two interceptions that hurt their football team. I I didn't look at these, though, and go, oh, my gosh, this is just a rookie being dumb with a rookie mistake. This is a really good play by Jesse Bates in the middle of the field. He's supposed to be the deep middle. And what he did, he's a smart football player. He's going, they're not throwing the ball deep, so I'm going to, like, not backpedal so much. And the same thing here happens on the second time. Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in football. So Bryce Young, he'll learn from that. But I also want to say that's pretty incredible. Check this out, Mike. I mean, he's looking to his left. Jesse Bates should be way back. So he's expecting that through his studies. But Jesse Bates has studied too, and he's going, wait, I see your offense. You haven't thrown the ball downfield. I'm going to stay a little flat-footed. I think it's going to be in this general area. You're going to try to manipulate with the eyes. Exactly, and I'll stay here. I'm not going to take the cheese, and he makes a great play there. But, you know, all in all, I think it was a positive start for them. Their big thing too, Mike, is – like who who's who can make some plays on their offense yeah. a little bit, right? That's Thielen was not right, right? There was another injury at the receiver position, so they weren't even at full strength, and they're not necessarily the scariest offense to begin with, anyways. Uh, so uh, they're going to have some offensive performances, I think, that look like that a little bit here on the early part of the season. Young ended up with 146 passing yards, two picks, one touchdown, 20 for 38. C.J. Stroud numbers a little better, 28 for 44 for 242 yards, sacked five times. What did you take away from the Texans rookie? In tough spot, tough go to spot. Baltimore to what? start your career. There's nothing worse than that. I mean, really, if you got to handpick, let me put somebody in the worst situation possible <laughs> and be go, I got to go to Baltimore week one. Maybe that's that why group. D'Amico Ryan's waited so long to name him the starter. It's Man, like you want to see if he's wolves. ready, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point by you. One thing I love about C.J. Stroud is he, I mean, he can really run a legit NFL offense. Like, you know, they're they're managing him to a degree, but they're asking him to make some pretty big throws. And that's where, again, in the pocket, that's where I really love the way C.J. Stroud looks. Look, just coming up, firing right over the middle, got a very quick release. Again, not perfect, but I think encouraging. And just like we talked about with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, there's if they can't run the ball, there's not a lot of people that scare you in the pass game. So they're not going to light up the, the scoreboard by any stretch of the imagination here. But, again, I, I, this guy's an NFL starting quarterback and then some. Uh, I, I think you got to be encouraged if you're a Texas fan, Texans fan, and, and I think it'll only get better. They need more from Damian Pierce, like you said, 38 rushing yards. And, yeah. and it wasn't like they got knocked out of their run game 
early because it was kind of close. It was very it was close. Sluggish by the Ravens. Yeah. There was an opportunity there for the Texans. 7-6 at halftime. They couldn't muster what they needed to do to pull that game out. All right, let's take a break. We'll return. Baker Mayfield is back. Baker Mayfield made a big statement on a big day in Minnesota. We'll discuss that next. Our mighty Buccaneer. Baker's gutsy. He's tough. The guys stayed behind him. The great thing is when he was having problems, he wasn't turning it over. You know, he's giving our defense, kept him in the game. He kept getting out, but he wasn't turning the ball over. They stuck with it. They made some plays. He made some gutsy runs at the end. Uh, and the offensive line came through for him. The receivers showed up, and it was a great team win. You know, when I left the house on Saturday, I had my wardrobe picked out for today. I had every plan. Oh, I forgot. Wear this today. Yep. I thought about wearing it yesterday. Great looking shirt. To the studio, but I thought I'm going to save it for Monday because the Vikings are going to win. It's Bud Grant Day. It's throwback jersey. Look, they, the Vikings sent me this. They even put, look at that. They put what? the name on the back. Yeah, what and that's is the, this bullshit? And, and let me tell you, feel, feel the numbers. I that's know it's stitched that, in. That's, that's a that real jersey. Cheap-ass vinyl number that that washes off after you know a few times in the machine this is the real deal baby damn haven't they heard how many times you question their quarterback and things like well, that they sent you that well damn th- i can't th- get a team that i talk bad about to send me a jersey th- they're probably never going to send me one after <laughs> yesterday uh i'm a jinx now i it felt like 2022 vikings it yeah. felt like it's just a matter of time they're going to find a way to do it but as the game went on, Baker Mayfield started so slowly, and I talked to him after the game, and he said they went no huddle tempo on that late drive at the end of the half, and they scored a touchdown to make it 10-10. And then they slammed the door on Kirk Cousins trying to, to go ahead before halftime with an interception. I mean, Kirk Cousins was not good yesterday. The offense was not good. The adjustments made by the Todd Bowles in the defense in the second half were effective. And Baker Mayfield got better and better, and he was feisty Baker, stiff arm and Byron Murphy Jr., right, running for it on third. And He's two, got getting, something. Guys want to follow Baker. Line. He's a I leader. Mean, had that great throw to Chris Goblin to yeah, ice the game. Right. This is the guy – and we say this all the time. 2018, he was great. 2020, he was spectacular. It's the shoulder injury against the Texans week two and 21. Big that threw touchdown his career throw here. Off. This was to cap the drive when they went tempo right. to tie it up with a minute left in the half. And then this is where they went ahead after a long drive. Nine-minute drive, a little sidearm throw. That's the kind of thing. Mahomes does We Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayfield did it, and we just kind of flinched. Here's, here's the big the scrapper. third two run. Yep. And Lowers the shoulder. And it's clean because he didn't get, get his neck mask, ringed. But he got, yeah, he got the Gets the up. Line. The sideline gets excited because yeah. they're like, the quarterback sacrificing it for us. Yeah, we got to do what we got to do to win. That's and right. I said to him, do you do that cost-benefit analysis? I may get injured when I run. And he said, it's third down. I just yeah. got to get the first down. just going. Yeah. That's just one of those plays where you just go, right. and whatever happens, happens. Uh, it, it, I mean... I didn't think the Bucks would win this football game. I did think they would keep it close because they do have some studs on D. But having said all that, like, Kirk Cousins didn't play bad. He played good. But they blew their opportunities in the first half of that football game. Like, th- that's where the game was lost. They went in at 10-10, and th- they probably should have been up 20-10. to Right when you take away what well, we had the fumbled snap right on the first drive going in, yeah, we had of course the interception inside the ten yard line at the end of the half. They were backed up, and it looks like the running back messed up protection. He got hit by Antoine Winfield, strip sack fumble that led to a field goal for the Bucks. What there was another time in the first half they were down on what the seven or eight yard line had to settle for a field goal. So they, as we always see in the NFL, when you don't take advantage of the opportunities to really take control of the game, it's the NFL. You These other guys around. are good and they hang around. They're going to take it, and they got in a rhythm. And then really the second half, like you said, it. I, that's what I want to see. What did they do on defense to kind of stop everything? Because Cousins and Jefferson were on fire in the first half, and. It just feels like they're a little too Jefferson and Cousins yeah. reliant. Yeah. That, that's what I worry about with the, the Vikings They tried to get going with Alexander Madison. Jordan Addison, the rookie receiver, had, the touchdown. had a touchdown. Yeah. And, and he had a big day. But it they got to find more plays in the half, playbook for other guys. And that nine-minute drive that yeah. put him down 17-10, between that and the missed opportunity at the end of the first half, it, could, it just took the air out of the balloon. It and did. They couldn't pump it back up again like they did last year when they pulled all those rabbits out of their butt, yeah. right? Too many rabbits last year. They should have saved a few for this year because yesterday was that kind of game and they weren't able to deliver. We'll take a break. <laughs> Sunday Statement Draft when BFT Live continues right after this. They probably want this back. <laughs>
Not bad for a guy who can't play football. Man, he took some heat this summer. And I still don't understand. No, I don't know either. I don't understand it, and I understand it even less now, although those voices are probably going to quiet down after yesterday. Sunday statement draft, and guess what? First pick, I've already... I've already tipped the pick like yeah. Chris Berman used to do. Well, I'm going with yeah, it. We, people may love this. <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, but we were in commercial break, and I was like, well, I'm just I, – I said it out loud. I'm going to take Jordan Love. I mean, that was a statement. I mean, first off, the amount of pressure, the situation Jordan Love's been in, right, taking over for Aaron Rodgers, starting a new era. Oh, wait, our best receiver, Christian Watson's not going to play on the road in Chicago. Uh-oh, all of that. You know, it got off to a little bit of a bumpy start. Like, it wasn't smooth and all roses and smelling good. But it was like he didn't look out of place. He didn't look flustered. And you see here in the pocket, I mean, he made some big throws down the field. 15 completions for 245, right? What is that? It's like 16 yards per, th- per completion, something around that range there. I mean, that's what I loved about Jordan Love. I think that's the new element that we could see with them. They're, I think he might push the ball down the field more than we saw Rodgers and them do. But both touchdown passes were really good. And got to give Aaron Jones some love, too. I know he pulled his hamstring. I hope he's okay because he made some huge plays in the game. He to ran help down love. the sideline pretty aggressively right. for one of the touchdown he had the one celebrations. The screen, and then he but had I'm the saying after he touchdown. was injured, so it may oh, not right. be that bad because he was able to move. Good. Uh, I didn't know that. To. Yeah. That's good to hear. Good for Jordan Love. All right. Um, this is one of the games we disagreed on, and you were right and I was wrong. The Raiders beat the Broncos. And I'm going to go with not Jimmy Garoppolo, but J- Jacoby Myers. And this was one of those names that was kind of buzzing, like, hey, maybe you want to grab him for your fantasy team. He might do all right. He had a couple of touchdowns and 81 receiving yards. And he's the best option they currently have, not named Devontae Adams. But when everyone is going to try to take away Devontae Adams, what does that do? And you know, we were talking during the break, and you said they were surprised that they got him for what they got him right. in free agency. Yep. And uh, anytime you get a couple of touchdowns week one, even though he didn't get over 100 receiving yards, Jacoby Myers, a guy that's going to help the Raiders maybe be more competitive than I thought they were going to be, but also Jimmy Garoppolo. got You know, it looked like he got banged up early, uh, but kept going and had a big day, and the Raiders stole one from Denver on a day where I'm, I'm Sean Payton probably oh, livid that they lost that game. Uh, you know, a little bit like the Vikings game where Russell Wilson, the offense looked really good. And then in the second half, the Raiders kind of shut them down, and they could not get anything going. I worry about the Broncos' lack of firepower at receiver as well. The only guy that really is scary at all is Cortland Sutton, right? And uh, the Raiders are really well coached, and their offense, I think, is something you got to watch out for. Those receivers you talked about, they got a good tight end, they got one of the best running backs in football, and they have a mammoth offensive line. They're one of these teams that can upset some things here in the AFC as we go forward. Uh, and Garoppolo, yeah, good for him getting that big big job there. Uh, All right, big, who else you got? Win. Um, my next one, who, who was I going to go with here? I, I didn't want to do um, – I had something else that I wanted to do. Ah, what 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 was my off the? Oh, I'm just gonna go with this. Vikings and no, I want to go with the Browns. I was gonna go with the Browns with the statement. I know we talked about the Browns is the Browns. Well, the Browns, I didn't expect them to look like that, and they made a statement from this standpoint that one, hey, yeah, Deshaun Watson, and we didn't get to see his full self there in the wet rain, but they could still run the ball. Nick Chubb is still one of the best running backs in football, and then Jim Schwartz in that defense. It made me perk up a little bit. Listen, we know the 49ers made a statement and all that. The Browns, I didn't know what to expect from them, and they showed me a side where I went, ooh, that was very encouraging. Let's see if they can build on this and really be a force in the AFC. We try to wedge in some games we hadn't talked about in this yeah. spot. i got to go all the way back to the beginning, though. What the Cowboys did to the I know, that was amazing. The statements right. don't get much louder right. than that. The Cowboys, in all phases, kicked the living stuffing out of the New York Giants. Let's take a break. One more round, and we'll wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, Sunday Statement Draft. Again, we tried to get to some of the games we hadn't talked about. Round three, give me somebody, regardless of whether we talked about it or not. I think we've managed to talk about every I game. I think we've hit everything. Fashion. Yeah. Biggest statement. That, that you saw other than the ones we've already I'm going to go to the Dolphins offense and Tua, Tua and Tyreek, the TT combination. 
I mean, that was just, I mean, unbelievable. I just yeah, came up with that in the top yeah, of my head. TT, you like that? Okay. All right. Of all the bad things I said, that's not that bad. But, but yeah, I, uh, that, that, like, just their offense, you think, oh, maybe the NFL off defenses will get used to it a little bit. And they were just up and down the field track meet all game long. Uh, the 49ers, your yeah. 49ers, your guy, Kyle. Uh, unbelievable what they did to go into Pittsburgh. The showing from the 49ers fans who took over the field formerly known as Hines, and they they beat the hell out of the Steelers. Outbullied the Steelers. The worst home loss Mike Tomlin's ever suffered. At a time when, see, this is when the expectations are high for the Steelers, they underperform. When they're low, they overperform. And the problem for the Steelers, they started they got creeping high. up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have been creeping up. Why were they creeping well, up? Well, they're going to go back and down now. now. They got, now they got to rebuild it for next Monday night when the Browns come to town. I mean, all of a sudden, we got a great Monday night game tonight. Here's Ooh. your Monday night preview. Bills, Jets. Who do you like tonight? I'm taking the Jets. I, I just think that Jets D is real. I think we could see a performance in the Jets D like we saw from the 49ers or the Cowboys. Not that kind hey. of blowout because Josh Allen's phenomenal. Hey. But, but you know what? If they're the, good. You're going to see Stephon Diggs slamming helmets maybe yeah. at Jenga Tower. The Bills are that we'll Jenga see. Tower. We'll see. Rodgers. Is it going to fall apart tonight? We'll you like the Jets? You're taking I, li- the Jets? I like it at Jets. You like I don't it like Jets? it at Kirk Cousins. You like it at Aaron Rodgers now. I like it at Jets. I like it at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.